When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Well, the football world is still coming to terms with the events at the MCG last night as the Brisbane Lions booked a place in the preliminary final with a stunning come-from-behind semi-final win over Melbourne. And the siren sounds a most extraordinary win. An unforgettable night for Lions around the country. A comeback win to remember. They'll be partying in Brisbane tonight. They're into the preliminary final. Everything pointed to a Melbourne win at the MCG. The Demons came in having thumped the Lions by close to 10 goals twice this year. Brisbane hadn't won at the ground since 2014 and they lost Joe Danaher on match day who went to be with his wife giving birth back in Brisbane. And add to that Melbourne's early dominance in the game which made what followed all the more amazing. Initially with Gorn back in the ruck from the start the Dees had control. They kicked three goals but couldn't capitalise on the total edge they had in the game, wasting multiple shots for goal. Charlie Cameron had a surf foot, so things did look grim for the Lions, but they did start to get a little bit of time in their forward half late in the quarter, and Cameron returned to kick a goal before the break. Not much changed, though, in the second term. While the game was a little tighter, the Ds seemed to have all the answers, once again not capitalising on their dominance. At one stage, though, they got out to a 28-point lead, and it certainly could have been more. Pickett had looked dangerous up forward with a couple of goals, although Brown was also getting his fair share of the footy, taking Andrews up the field. Melbourne still had a distinctive edge at the contest, but there were some signs of improvement in the Lions' ball movement after initially getting the game back to a slog and a more even terms. And Eric Hipwood was looking dangerous up forward. A late Zorko goal made the difference 22 points and a bit more manageable at the break. And afterwards, it was a different Lions in the second half, and they were led brilliantly by Jared Berry, who played the game of his life on Clayton Oliver to win that pivotal contest. Fort kept at it gamely too and managed to quell Max Gorn, and suddenly it felt like belief spread around the Lions team. Neil lifted, Hipwood and Cameron gave them a way to goal, and they also made sure May and Lever weren't having their usual influence as interceptors. Gradually, they edged closer and all of a sudden, we realised the upset was on. They kicked five goals in her at one stage to get back to level. The D steady with a couple of quick goals. But there was no stopping this Lion outfit. They were inspired, winning contests, starting to score off turnover. 
Bailey popped up with two beauties in the last. Cameron took a lunging mark and converted for his third from an angle. And they were almost home. There was a late scare as Melbourne attacked. Brayshaw kicked a goal and then Pickett went with uh, a dribbler which hit the post. And then that was compounded by Jake Lever, brain fade in defence. He put the ball down to the spot, still being tackled. He was penalised, gave up 50, and the game was effectively over. What a win it was, a 13-point victory in the end. Hipwood kicked four, Cameron kicked three. As we said, it was uh, Jared Berry who was the best on ground, but he had plenty of help. Rich with 30 off halfback. Neil lifted after halftime, ended with 26. McCluggage also was influential. For the Ds, too much was left to Olympic Petrarca, who had 27 disposals, Langdon, who had 24, and Brayshaw tried his hardest, either tagging Neil or trying to play uh, himself with a, in a bit more attacking mode. But the Demons really ran out of answers, and again, final quarters were an issue for them. So the Lions winning 14-8-92 to 11-13-79. Let's hear from our AFL Nation experts, Nathan Jones and Jared Healy. I thought Melbourne uh, were the best side in it all year and uh, they've won now six games out of uh, 14. 14. Yep. So the writing's been on the wall and the champion data boys have been telling me you're overrating this group. They're just nothing like the side that they were. They can't defend in a game. Last year they gave up 90 points once. This year they've given it up on half a dozen times and again tonight they've conceded 92 points. So lots of issues with their defence. But I can remember a day when, it was about eight years ago, might have been nine years ago, I'm not sure how old they are now, but Jared Berry and Hugh McCluggage were recruited to the Brisbane Lions. The Brisbane Lions that was pretty much destitute at that stage. And they were hopefully going to be a couple of lads that were, they were going to rebuild their club on. Well, Jared Berry's had glandular fever. Jared Berry's had a few issues, but Jared Berry tonight played one of the greatest finals games we've seen in a Lions jersey since the Michael Voss era. It was right up there with the very best. He was brutal. I hope he's not suspended for next week. There was an issue with a bit of an eye gouge, but I don't think it'll probably be a fine more than anything else. It didn't linger long enough, I don't think, to be a, to be a, 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 a suspension. But along with McCluggage and Lockie Neal, who got off the chain, and a couple of lesser names like Darcy Gardner and Fort. Fort, he was magnificent today. He was absolutely superb. So congratulations to the Brisbane Lions. I thought you were going to get done by 100 points midway through the second quarter, and we were going to get Jonesy's joke book out and start uh, amusing ourselves. But we were amused, and we were entertained in the most brilliant of fashion at the MCG. Hardcore footy. Yeah, well, we spoke about it in the pregame, really. It would have been insanity for them to continue to do the same thing, and they should be incredibly proud. I think this is a real sort of stake in the ground. You know, there's been some question marks over the, the capability or pedigree of this group, but they've proven they're good enough. They're good enough to challenge it. I think it reflects on the position they sat at the top of the ladder earlier in the season. And, and tonight they pulled it all together, albeit underdone. And we said if they made it a dogfight and they they uh, leaned into that underdog status, yep. that, that anything could happen if they just concentrated and bunkered down within that little bubble. And, and they were able to do that. And it looked ominous early. But they ground their way back in and they, they made it ugly. They made it chaotic in some sense. And 
they got the job done and, and teams that have been able to do that all year have challenged Melbourne and uh, and credit to them because you could see it was it was tangible watching their belief grow that they, they were capable and, and you could see on the flip side the pressure build with Melbourne knowing what was at stake and, uh, and credit to them because if they just kept it so ever so close that they were they were always going to be a chance and all night they did that and ended up running away with it and it, credit to them every man contributed but i think the coach needs some accolades here because he's made some tough calls he hasn't brought jared Lyons back into the side i think he understood understood that their balance wasn't right against melbourne they needed to bring some more run into this side devon robertson came in he's got some run the last couple of weeks they, they've they've introduced a young kid, Wilmot, who's, who's given them some run. And instead of tipping him out last week, they, they persisted with him. And I think the run of the smaller forward line, rotating your rucks through the bench, it's the way forward. It's the way forward because it allows them to keep the pressure up. And with the three tools up there, they don't keep the ball inside their forward 50 enough. And uh, it's, it's been a real credit to the coach to just tinker with his club a little bit to come up with two magnificent victories. To the coaches now, and what a triumphant night it was for Chris Fagan, and he spoke to the media about an unforgettable victory. I guess talk us through that. What, what, a, what a performance. <laughs> yeah. And I guess especially talking about the you know the, the losing streak at the MCG to break that's the most important time of the year. How does it feel? Yeah, it was a pretty good time to do it, wasn't it? <laughs> Just pick the right day to, to do these things. Oh, you know, some, some good teams play at the MCG, so... It, not that easy to win here, and we don't play here all that often, but probably lucky we've had three goes in the last nine or ten weeks. Probably helped us a, a little bit. Um, yeah, oh, what can I say? Just character from our players. I thought we were in a bit of trouble early. Melbourne were all over us. Probably a little bit fortunate they didn't kick straight. And then we sort of clicked into gear a little bit in the second quarter, and our, we were in the game at half-time, which I think gave our group a fair bit of confidence. Um, you know, Melbourne's second halves this year have not always been um, the best, so we were aware of that. So we gave ourselves a chance at half-time and then we played a, a brilliant second half. And I, I think the thing that highlighted... Probably the, the highlight was the pressure um, in the game and, and, you know, that Cam Rainer spoil late in the game sort of typified the effort and the mindset of our players. Um, it's a remarkable turnaround from two weeks ago or three weeks ago whatever it was where we got beaten by 10 goals um, just goes to show sport fantastic isn't it just wanted to ask you about the, the the rise of the pressure I mean early on Melbourne had so much space and you're pretty lucky they, they didn't take their chances the transformation in the levels of desperation mm. but, you know it's a final you expect them to be desperate anyway so uh, what was going on there do you think how could the Aggie get two yeah. such vastly different yeah it's, it's a little hard to know um, I mean I've, Melbourne obviously threw everything at us early to, to try and get us off our game which has been um, a hallmark of the way they've played against us to be honest um, I don't know is it sitting around in the hotel room all, all day waiting for a game I'm not sure I think you'll as a on the road team you're always a little bit more vulnerable in first quarters it seems um, but we, but we settled um, after that. Um, I, I'd love to be able to give you the, the answer as to why, but I, don't, I can't say I, I know why other than I can offer that up to you. What did you do differently from the games against Melbourne and how did you change their mindset for this game, Chris? Uh, 
Yeah. Um, well, we've learned a lot this year and probably, um, you know, we got hooked up into the verbal stuff a little bit too much in the in the previous games and that took our focus away. And um, leading into the Richmond game last week, we had a, we had a really good talk about, you know, the, our mindset in finals and not, not letting all that peripheral stuff sort of interrupt our processes. Um, and I thought we were able to do that well last week against Richmond and then we get the opportunity to, to try it out against the team that sort of rattled us the most this year. Um, I thought we stood up well, we just kept going after the football, kept trying to put pressure on them, kept our minds in the game, sort of didn't didn't lose heart and faith when we were, when we were under the pump. They're all the things that you need in finals, you know, it's all about moments and hanging in there sometimes and uh, we did that tonight and we got a reward. I know there's still a couple of weeks to go, but do you feel like tonight and last week are almost a vindication of four years' work? Uh, Maybe. I mean, I always think you've got to go through a process. It's not you suddenly get good and then suddenly you win a premiership. It it takes a little bit longer than that. I think it is a process, and I think all the lessons that we've learnt in finals over the last few years are are starting to come to fruition. you know, we get a little bit of a bad rap. Well, we were getting a bad rap for our, our finals record. But the truth is we'd lost one game by a point, another game by three points. Well, you know, a whisker away from two more prelims. Um, I don't see those as bad losses. They're just sometimes just a bounce of a ball or or a, or a decision here and there or skill error here here or there. So I've always had faith in this in this group that, that, um, that we could find a way. Um, and we've always kept... Um, I suppose the way I coach, we we talk about having a growth mindset and that everything that happens to us, there's a reason for it. And as long as you learn from it and make progress, and then everything, all the, all those mistakes are okay. And that's that's been how we've approached it, and that's how we'll continue to approach it. Well, Melbourne's dreams of going back to back and repeating last year's premiership in Perth with a win in front of their fans in Melbourne is over, and that was much to the lament of their coach Simon Goodwin. Goody, I'm mindful, obviously, hugely disappointing. What's your breakdown of that, particularly, obviously, that uh, second half? Yeah, obviously disappointing and devastating, the result. There's, there's no question about that. I can only imagine our supporters, how they would feel. But, you know, our players and staff are all feeling exactly the same. Um, you know, clearly to give up nearly 70 points in, in the second half. Um, you know, you've got to give credit to Brisbane. You know, the game swung a bit back their way. We weren't able to execute the basics of the game for long enough in the phases that we, we really value. And, um, you know, we speak about this a lot, you know, in, in finals, generally your vulnerabilities come out in games and um, and we've had some, you know, throughout the second half of the year, especially when we've lost games of footy. Um, teams have been able to impact in second half of games and, and mow down leads and um, it happened again tonight. So um, certainly not a shock. In terms of in terms of that, like that's been a, a pretty consistent theme for us when we've been beaten. So we've got some work to do. Um, but you got to give Brisbane credit; they they kept in it, they stayed in it, they were converting well when they got their opportunities, and the momentum shifted. Do you think that's a fitness issue or a concentration issue? Or I'm mindful also. I think you had a pretty a few players banged up during the week. I'm not making excuses; I'm just asking the question. Oh, look, we'll dig into it. You know, we'll get at the right time. We'll review everything within our program. You know, we feel like our players are certainly enough um, you know and it's a you know different year for us you know we knew heading into this year that expectation would be high we knew that pressure around our footy club would be high and that's why it's really challenging to be successful when you come off what we've come off 
um, and that's why not many teams do it. Um, so we've got to be able to deal with those situations, the pressure in games, second half in games, when things aren't perfect for us. Um, and we'll dig in, into all of our program about what that looks like. But you know, we've got some vulnerabilities that we need to fix up. Do you think having got to where you were sort of halfway through the season, there was perhaps a bit of, I don't want to say getting ahead of yourselves, but like overconfidence perhaps, that, that you could be in a difficult situation and somehow get out of it? You know? No, not at all. No, footy uh, seasons are long seasons. And they're, ma- they're, they're a marathon for a reason. So you've got to be able to sustain what you, you do for long periods of time, um, for 26 weeks of the season. So, as I said, we'll go away and have a look at it. Um, there was no comfortability within our group. You know, we had enough lessons throughout the year um, and exposure to some of the things that we need to get better at. And, um, and as I said, that's why being a great club club's challenging because you've got to keep doing it, you've got to keep rocking up and you've got to do it for longer. Forward, um, forward efficiency again was another thing throughout the second half of the season. Um, once again, just didn't seem to go your way. I think you started pretty well, 3-2, but then after that, it was, I think, 8-11 and numerous that just didn't score. Yeah, look, you know, we've ended up having 29 shots, if you include all the misses. Um, so, yeah, and there's no doubt that's something we've got to continue to get better at. We've got to maximise the ability to use our ball, especially four to centre, and impact the scoreboard more because we leave the door ajar too often. You know, I thought our first quarter, I thought we played some outstanding footy. You know, and we got ourselves in a position where we were dominating the game, but we weren't able to convert to the level that was required to really put enough pressure on the opposition. So that's an area, that's a vulnerability we've got to get better at. Put our hand up for that one. Simon Goodwin there reflecting on Melbourne's 13-point loss. The D's season is over. The Lions, though, through to a preliminary final, they will face Geelong. The Swans, of course, will host the other preliminary final next Saturday afternoon. Who will they play? Collingwood or Fremantle? Well, you can listen to the boys on Crunch Time as they reflect more on what happened last night at the MCG and look ahead to the game between the Pies and the Dockers. This incredible final series continues to deliver on AFL Nation. Ed Langdon, about 10 metres in from the boundary, so you can see plenty of the goals. And he puts Melbourne's first on the board to the city end of the MCG. He marks. He could have given it to Neil Bullen, and he will do now in the right forward pockets. The angle is tight to the right. It's Alex Neil Bullen to thread it. He will. Deep to full forward. Melksham can run and leap. Oh, over the pack. And it's been paid. To blow the game apart. Melksham kicks truly. And the D's have three. Zorko kicks to Cameron one-on-one. And he darts his way around the front of Hibbert and takes the mark. The Lions are gagging for a goal. And Charlie Cameron sneaks it in. Some of the tall timber do something. No, it's Pickett. Took the crumbs. Got it somehow working. A bit of magic back to goal. McStay got away and pulled the kick beautifully onto the advancing chest of Hipwood. Hipwood launches at goal. He feeds it in. Yes. Traka from the stoppage. And Fritz takes the mark 15 metres out from goal. 20 out directly in front. Bailey Fritch drives it hard and through for a goal. And the Lions will feel that one in the solar plexus. Dawn lifts it up to full forward. Fritch threatens. Oh, pick it. He'll get it. Rolled it through for a goal. They need a mark. It's a deep entry. Main front made the spoil. Archie, can he get boot to ball? He can. And dribble a very important late goal for Brisbane. Right before the bell. Passed it around to Answorth. 
Got right under the kick. Hipwood got there into the drop zone. Eric Hipwoods makes his approach. An emboldened Lions at the start of the third term. They've got a goal to show for it. The challenge is on. Left it for Cameron. Oh, Cameron ducked back to the inside. And he's going to take on the shot himself. And he got the bounce. It took a Brisbane turn. Leads up. And now Hipwood. Perfect. Had to be, didn't it? Talked about triangulation a lot last week. He had three Demons players around him. But the pass was good enough to beat the defence. Eric Hipwood with a chance to make this a single-figure ball game. Left foot drop, puck, hit it sweetly. The Lions are on a tear in the third term. McCarthy onto it, rode the tackle, releases to Rich, forward of the play to Hipwood, promising build-up, had passed to McCluggage, had a bounce, got to 50, went hard and low and straight to goal. Trail by just one point. Jackson through centre-half forward, lagged it beautifully for Fritch. It took a couple of goes, but Petrarca got him going. Just the four disposals, but he has a goal. He needs another. Brisbane have kicked five in a row until now. Bailey Fritch steps forward. Kicks his second from 48 metres. Hansworth fights the fight. Brown came up with it. Hand pass to Neil Bullen, closing for a goal. This is Melbourne's Wart, one becomes two. And a 12-point buffer is restored in no time. Now Petrarca flicked it out and Jackson did emerge. He gave it to May, dropped it in the tackle, holding the ball. It's the fill-in ruck, Darcy Fort. He's waited and waited for moments like this from 45 metres out. He makes it count. He kicks the goal to keep Brisbane in it. Knocks it on toward goal. Rivers. Oh, he got caught. That's holding the ball. And the advantage is taken. And Hipwood kicks a goal right on the bell. And the scores are level at three-quarter time. Petty put the spoil on. There was some interference. That's a Brisbane free in the pocket. And it's McStay on the wrong side for a left footer. He's going with a drop punt from 20 metres out. You better believe it, the Lions are in front. McStay puts it through, coolly and calmly. Quick kick, he saw Brayshaw was loose as he wind up. He's had a bounce. He goes for home. We're watching it sail through. Oh, was it fisted? I reckon it's home. Brayshaw comes up with a killer kick, and he gets the Melbourne crowd on their feet. Neil onto the ricochet, McCluggage again to full forward. Bailey, juggling mark. I don't know whether that was the intention at the start, but one touch led to two and then the chance to pull it in. For a nine-point lead, angle to the left, 30 out. Zach Bailey, big-time player, big-time kick. He rammed it through. The Lions lead it by nine. Rich kicked it to the wing, lifting his hip foot. He got Lever out and oh. left him in his wake. He's had four goals tonight. He's taken two bounces. He's mustered up everything he's got. He's kicked it for Cameron. On the line, in the pocket. And Charlie Cameron has willed himself to take the mark. He starts outside the boundary. But Charlie's angles has done it for the Lions. He's kicked his third.
Gorn taps it. Fort, they got a boot to it. Kicked it up to Berry. He took him on. He broke the Rivers tackle. Hand pass to McCarthy. Kicks into the pocket. Cameron kept underneath it by Hibbard. Ball loose. Bailey's onto it. The Lions are going to win. The Lions are steaming away from Melbourne. He's going to land at 25 from goal. Jackson to the front. Up goes Petty. So it's every shoulder to the wheel down inside 50. 30 metres from goal. Petty hangs it up and through for a major. And with three minutes to go, Melbourne need three more to steal it. Brayshaw gave them a fighting chance, edged it forward. Archie arrives at the ball, exhausted. Gardner knocked off it. Viney gave it to Neil Bullen, got through the tackle. Desperate kick. Can Rossi. Jackson get up? Andrews didn't mark. Petty will give it to Langdon. Now they're a chance. Langdon dribbles it through. And there's still two minutes ten on the clock. And it's seven points the difference. Lever gets there first. McStay wraps him up. Lever, he put that ball on the turf yeah. in the tackle. That's holding the ball. McStay had hold of him. Lever put the ball on the ground to escape. You just can't do it. He's got 50 here. He won't give the ball back. And it is a 50. 50. It's over. And the ball is with this want-away lion who suddenly Daniel McStay wants to extend his time in this Brisbane jumper. And he will materially do that as he kicks from point-blank range. And the Lions take their place in a preliminary final. Words that you could not have imagined would be said tonight as we gathered for it, and even less so at halftime. And they're going to rub it in by playing possession footy. They're going to play it back to the slow gardener. Take all the time you want, Darcy. He goes short to Andrews. Chris Fagan can't believe it. He shakes the hands. And the siren sounds a most extraordinary win. An unforgettable night for Lions around the country. A comeback win to remember. They'll be partying in Brisbane tonight. They're into the preliminary final. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.